Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I am Coach Andrew Porritt from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash coachandrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press the number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in. Now, if you want to hear from someone who is delightful, educational, no-nonsense, yet sometimes takes on colorful kaleidoscopes, details are likely enough. What am I talking about? You're going to find out shortly. Denny Stockdale is the author of Conversations from the Neighborhood Ice Cream Shop, Eight Keys to Rediscovering Lost Dreams and Finding Your Life's Calling. Denny, are you with us? I am. Thank you for asking. Now, do you know what I was doing over there? I I heard yeah yeah I I made I made a little Denny uh, Stockdale acronym. Oh yeah yeah I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as you probably know, I'm uh, known as the acronym guy. You are the acronym guy. I love that, and and it was really interesting, like reading your book and seeing all the acronyms you've come up with. Uh, and I'm a big acronym and uh, and um, mnemonic kind of guy myself. Going all the way back to every good boy does fine. Oh yeah, yeah. From from piano lessons. That, yeah, for, for me it was trumpet. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my piano lessons years ago. Uh, but yeah, the acronyms actually have helped me create a not only the book but a message that I can carry out into the world and help people with. Well, tell me more about that. Sure, I'd love to. And the first acronym in my book is actually FAITH, Find Answers in the Heart. And I find that a lot of us um, in all kinds of situations need faith. And I know throughout my history, when I started looking for answers, if I start looking through the logical aspects, I may come up with an answer, but it might not fit my passions, my dreams, my big thinking, like, like what you talk about and what you're all about, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I start looking at what my passions are and where my uh, what, where my beliefs really lie, uh, that I can do big things, then I can start to achieve those. And that's part of the premise of that particular acronym, is, too, is not only do we find answers in the heart, but we find new ways of thinking about ourselves from the standpoint that, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, myself, in particular, uh, have learned lessons that don't necessarily serve us. And as we go through life, we can drop some of those lessons and start to develop new beliefs. Can you give me an example of something like that? Well, uh, an example is I, I might have, I, I can believe that I'm not a good public speaker. Mm, that's one of my right? favorites. And yet when I stand up in front of an audience, I was in front of an audience last week, I did a bang-up job. Um, so that's one belief that that I could have. I don't necessarily have it, but a lot, but a lot of people actually might have the belief that they're a poor public speaker, or that they can't write a book, mm-hmm. or that they can't do this or that. And in their heart, something's calling them to do that, 
and yet those lessons that we learned from our school systems and other places might have taught them some of the false lessons um, that they can't do stuff. And that's why coaches such as yourself and you know what we do, what you and I do, is so valuable to people to help them take a look at what really serves them and how can they change those beliefs. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the limiting beliefs that that many of us grow up with uh, can stop us from doing so many of the things that we maybe were meant to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one one of the things in developing my book and creating that, it was so fun to be able to take all the lessons that I learned in my English classes that were my, my English teachers used to tell me that I could not write. Uh, book, or you know, they they didn't teach me real well, well, or uh, about my writing ability, so they didn't bring that out. Mm-hmm. But when I created the book, it actually came out and won awards. So I'm sure some of them would be very surprised today that I actually created something that is making an impact on people all over the country. Are any of those old teachers still around? Not that I know of. <laughs> it's probably better that way. <laughs> uh, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be like kind of nice to get, go over there? They're like 96 years old or something. Like, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, just handed my book with with perfect editing. Of course, mm-hmm. I, I hired that out. But, uh, you know, um, with, with a good message and something that, that we can create. And I know you uh, do a lot of creativity type of stuff, too, with your blog and all. Oh yes, absolutely. So what uh, what do you what do you think? Uh, why do you think people connect with this book? Well, I think they connect with it because of the core message that we all have dreams and we all have a life's calling. A lot of people actually forget what their callings are or what their dreams are. And the book is actually an easy read, as, as mm-hmm. I'm sure you've discovered. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it came out in a story form. I think the the acronyms make it memorable. The eight acronyms in there, and the eight life lessons, if you will, so that people can take those and think, oh yeah, uh, like dreams, defining reality eventually achieves my success. And when they think in those terms, uh, they can start to see the dreams and those as possibilities with their success. Mm. So I, I think that's where a lot of people resonate with the book. That and the quick story. And there's also a reflection section at the end of each chapter in the book where people can really dig into some of their uh, core beliefs and maybe some action items that they can come up with and uh, developing a support system as well. So... Now, I'm curious, and from from what you've done so far with this work and this book, what kind of life um, purposes, uh, callings, have you come across now from people who have gone through it? That's an excellent question. Well, what I've found is that people uh, are re- really rediscovering new career dreams. I was talking with a woman this afternoon who is combining her 30-year experience in healthcare with her desire to learn more about paralegal systems and move into that arena mm. and combine both of those to benefit uh, insurance companies 
with regulatory things around health care. So that's one of her passions. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I run across writers and people that want to write books all the time. And I believe that a lot of us have books inside of us. So that's another passion that people are exploring. Um, now, I know that uh, I, I notice in your bio that you uh, have some guitars, so I know that you're a guitar, you, you play some music. I do play some music. Yeah, I do, I do as well. I also play guitar. I'm wondering if you've come across any musical uh, dreams along the way. I do come across musical dreams. I get out for live music at least once a week, if not more often here in Minneapolis. And one of the uh, people that I've run across is actually uh, coming up with a new album, and that's a big dream of his, to take his music to the next level. He's got several CDs out, but this one he plans to go national with. And he does touring on a national basis in small clubs, and I think he's ready for the big stage. Wow. His name, his name is Scott Holt, so if he ever comes to New York City, I hope you can catch him. Say, say his last name again. Scott Holt, H-O-L-T. Oh, Holt. Okay, sure. Yeah, great musician, and he was a former sideman with Buddy Guy. Wow. And he just produced an album here in the Twin Cities. Oh, that's great. Oh. I had a guest recent, uh, last year who will be on uh, for an anniversary show uh, in in a week. Um, who uh, uh, um, who his dream was to have an album. He had has an album, Dave Rudberg, called "Living in the Land of Yes." Ah, I love the title. Isn't that a great title, "Living that in the is. Land of Yes"? Yeah, I'll have to look that up. He'll be on uh, on my show next week uh, for an anniversary. Uh, since he he was on our show, uh, he had a lap band surgery and now is uh, half the man he used to be. Cool. So to cool. speak. <laughs> <laughs> to borrow from uh, Paul McCartney. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Not so suddenly. He's half the man he used to be. So, so that's your anniversary show, and I know you're getting close to your ten uh, thousandth listener. Oh, that's long past. I'm up, I'm oh. I'm close to thirteen. Oh, okay. I was I was looking at your blog, and I was thinking. Boy, I had better enter that contest. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's like I I need to write more on the blog. That's another that's another uh, another uh, another topic. Sure, <laughs> writing sure. in the blog. Well, writing well, in the blog. Are you going to have a Are you going to have a fifteen thousandth listener contest? I think that's a good idea because you know, believe it or not, even though I got uh, a lot of hits on that, you know, I can, you know, I track the uh, the blog and everything. I did get a lot of hits on it, but nobody entered it. I oh. thought that was. Maybe nobody thought they would win. I don't know, but but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna resuscitate that for fifteen thousand, which is coming much faster than ten thousand. Sure, sure. It's yeah, it's right around the corner. Like a snowball rolling downhill. You can't Absolutely. Stop it now. <laughs> <laughs> so I I thought I would uh, would you mind uh, saying a few of the acronyms? Uh, not at all. Actually, I mentioned faith. Find answers yes. in the heart. The uh, second chapter is dreams. Defining reality eventually achieves my success. And I believe we've all got big dreams. A lot of us forget about those. And in my work around the country, I've discovered that there are some people that say they don't have dreams, uh, especially later in life. And I challenge that because I believe if they really look beneath the surface, 
they can find things that they're still passionate about that they want to do. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure you find that too. Uh, chapter three is actually one of the keys to achievement, to achieving big dreams. And once we achieve those big dreams, of course, we can go on and think bigger. And that's aim. Action increases momentum. And that's where you and I can come in and support people sure. so that they can have the action that, so they can take the action that they know they can do, but they just need the proper encouragement. Yeah, action is, is really the, the key to so many things because, you know, what, you know what they say that a, a goal without, uh, a goal without action is just a dream. And a dream, dreams are great, but without action, they're just ideas. Right. That you can kind of sit there. It's like having a, a, a book full of, uh, it's like owning a library uh, and not putting any of the information into the, in the library uh, out into the world and doing anything with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, sometimes I just don't get it uh, why, why people don't take action because, it, well, well, actually I do understand it to a point because a lot of people see the big dream and they see it's going to take, such so many steps to take mm-hmm. to get there, and they won't take that first simple step. And I, I, I know you probably do this as well as I do. We try to break it down into measurable steps mm-hmm. that they can do on a weekly basis or a daily basis. Sure. And create the habits of taking action. Uh, yeah, and we're trying to remember that old saying, something like, "Yeah, yard by yard, it's hard; inch by inch, it's a cinch." That's it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great saying, too. Uh, yeah, Chapter 4 actually gets into hope. Hold on to peak experiences. What does that take, mean, really? Well, once a uh, peak experience is something where we've broken through some barrier before, mm. broken through some wall or uh, yeah. some limiting belief or some lesson that didn't serve us any longer. And we can break through that and find hope. But when we're stuck in the mud, uh, we need to think of past experiences and hold on to those and think, yeah, I've broken through major things in my life before, and I'll do it again this time, and it just I just need to keep pushing on. So when you say hold on to peak experiences, meaning... Like really keeping that in mind um, and letting that take you to the next level? Exactly. Okay. Uh, because once we start taking the action, we will hit a wall uh, of resistance, whatever it is, and uh, then we can push through that with, with the right encouragement or the right uh, action, you know, just taking, taking the small steps. And I find people all the time helping me over the wall or pushing me through the wall or just guiding me along the way. Um, and that creates a lot of hope for me that I can achieve the big dreams and the big things that I'm up to. Now, you actually have two hopes in here. You have a second hope. I do. I do. I, I think hope is a great word. Yeah. The second hope is help other people excel. And that's my mission in life is to help people rediscover their lost dreams and find their life's calling so they can have a joy-filled life. 
You know, and I know you're helping mm-hmm. people with their big dreams so they can sure. manifest those in their life. So, so you're creating the same type of energy and uh, excitement in this world. And I believe that if you want to get what you want in this world, the best way to do it is to help other people get what they want. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Actually, Zig Ziglar years ago made that statement. If you want to, uh, whatever you want in life, you can find uh, the answers to if you help enough other people get what they want. And I probably got that from him. He's actually the very first person I can remember ever hearing speak in the world of personal growth and development back in, uh, let's say, 1979. He was the the, uh, keynote speaker. I I belonged to some very odd uh, sales thing where you sold books door to door that I did in college. And uh, that was part of the training. We had this big week of training in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh-huh. And then they they handed out all these books, including books that are like that are still really w- well known today, like uh, The Richest Man in Babylon and Think and Grow Rich and um, uh, the, the the greatest salesman in the world, like the real staples of 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 the personal growth and development that are still huge sellers, and they were then. And they pe- the keynote speaker was Zig Ziglar. Well, that must have been fun. Yeah, what a, what an introduction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and now you go out and do speaking too, don't you? Uh, some. Not, you know, I, I'm also one of those people who have that voice in my head that says, I, you know, I don't know how to do that. I, you know, I could sing in front of a thousand people, and speaking is a lot harder. I, that's my, the story that I've made up. Sure, sure. And, and, of course, you could break that pattern if you chose to. Of course, and so that you know that's one of the things I'm. That's one of the reasons I do a show like this because here I get to speak to a lot of people. Yeah, and I think you've got a great show going here too. Well, thank you, Denny. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, we left off with the uh, fourth chapter. The uh, fifth chapter is actually praise. People respond admirably in sincere encouragement. And. I believe that where ability meets encouragement, we've got potential. And I'll say that again because I think that's pretty important. Where Absolutely. ability meets encouragement, we've got potential for success, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because we all have a lot of abilities. And I've I've been listening to some of your shows and following you a little while here. You even know that. but <laughs> Okay. <laughs> But but I have, and you know you've got a lot of ability, and I think along the way you found some encouragement too through mm-hmm. the guests you've had on and people you've probably met and people you have in your background. So that's why you have a successful radio show that's impacting lives every day uh, because you found somebody to praise you or encourage you. So people respond admirably in sincere encouragement. Oh, that's powerful. Now, that one was actually featured in Guideposts magazine back in May under the uh, Positive Thinkers section. And I was so blown away when I saw that. I was just, it's its amazing how things work out sometimes. I'm, I'm making a note of that, Guideposts magazine. The uh, May 2010 issue. Okay, May 2010. I like to, um, you know, one of the things I love about doing this show is every week I learn something. 
I learn not just I I usually learn a lot of things, and it's it's a really fascinating journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had Deb Scott on a couple of weeks ago. Or about I did. Oh, and I was listening to your interview with her, and uh, I know you guys talked a lot about laughter. Uh huh. And um, I don't know if you have laughter yoga in New York City. I would imagine you probably do. I've been meaning to actually uh, to, to to find a class in that myself, and thanks for reminding me. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, De- Deb and I actually have some things in common beyond be- being guests on your show. We were both award winners with uh, ne- uh, Next Generation Indie Book Contest, and they had a big award ceremony in New York City, so I was out there in May. Oh, so you and met her? Actually, she wasn't there. Oh, okay. At that time, so I hope to meet her face to face sometime soon. Oh, that's great. I so do I. <laughs> you know, so so connections are made in uh, unusual ways sometimes. But laughter yoga is just uh, really a lot of fun. Where we get to, I, I'm part of a laughter club here in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and we get together occasionally. Um, they they meet more often than I'm able to make it, but we get together and just laugh about. Uh, situations and laughter is so close to um, actually what it does it raises our endorphins as you're probably aware and mm-hmm. just helps our spirits out a lot so um, I think if we're uh, facing like I talked about with holding on to peak experiences if we're facing a brick wall or something that we're up against that we don't quite know how to figure it out maybe sometimes laughter will help us get into a different frame of mind and we can think things through uh, from a different perspective. Hmm. So, so I, now, I, believe I, 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 by the way, one of the one of the things I like to say about myself is I live to make people laugh. Yeah, you're good at that too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's like one of my greatest pleasures, and I, I, I come from a family where we are all funny. Which is kind of helpful. So I, 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 you could say I've had training. My father is very funny. My mom was very funny. My brother has become funny. He was always a musical talented one, and but over time he's become funny too. So we're all a bunch of funny people, and uh, grew up with a very certain sense of humor. And, uh, but if I can make somebody laugh, it just, it, it gets me. It makes me really happy. Oh yeah, yeah. And I actually had an acronym in my main newsletter. For happy, humor and play power you. Mm. Humor and play power you. So I, I take the acronyms and, or I'll take a word like that and turn turn it into a phrase that means a lot to me and I think to a lot of the people that follow me and that I serve as well. Um, I, that that was one of my favorite ones of this year so far was humor and play power you. Oh, that's great. One of my favorites is the very short one, the short one for ego. There's a couple of good ones for that. The one that it comes that I like is edging. One of them is edging God out, and I can't well, think I, of the other one. Yeah, and people do that a lot too. They they forget their spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I've actually been running across people that. I think if they tap into 
their spiritual side a little bit more, they'll reconnect with their their big dreams. Mm. Um, and I believe that that the source of big dreams actually comes from um, something greater than ourselves. We're, we're given abilities, we're given talents, uh, we're given passions, and our job is to actually uncover those and discover those and then express those and exude those uh, so we can help each other out a lot more. Um, well, there's sort of, sort of like these magical moments when if you've had that experience of all of a sudden knowing that thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you've probably found that, and I, I believe I have too. I kept hearing this voice, you know, talking about my book, but I'm actually going out much farther than the book and thinking, what's the core message that I'm here to deliver? And for 25 years, I was sitting behind a computer most of the time, uh, working with information technology systems mm. as a programmer. Okay. And in the back of my mind, I had a calling. There was a little telephone ringing in my in the, my mind, if you will, saying, "Denny, you've got to think bigger. You've got to think in service. You've got to do more with your life than sitting behind the, sitting in a cube." And that was part of the premise of the book. It, it was something that, it's like the tap on the door. Somebody keeps knocking until we answer it. Right. And that's actually how a calling is discovered. Um, you know, getting back to faith, we have a, something in our heart that we're wanting to do, and it's going to keep uh, after us until we actually start taking action on that. So I'm really just uh, getting my wrapping my brain around you in IT and um what a uh 3 I would say 360 that makes no sense right what a 180 Absolutely it was a 180 <laughs> You don't want to do a 360 <laughs> Well uh twice well, we, as good we, as a 180 Yeah yeah 360 uh right back <laughs> Yes right a minute I'm back what did I do wrong I'm back <laughs> yeah, and uh, I left for a reason. Uh, my job ended. <laughs> ah, okay. But, but uh, over over my 25-year career, some of my highlights were working with education and working with the people mm-hmm. side of the business. And I worked for a software development company for a while in Denver, Colorado, mm. teaching or teaching their programming classes. Um. I, I made the decision, actually several years ago, to break away from IT, mm-hmm. information technology, yeah. and that was when I started the first draft of the book, nearly six years ago, or about five and a half years ago, something like that. And um, so I created the book, and then I got a five-year contract with a former student of mine, which brought me back into the IT fold for a few more years. And then my contract came to an end the day before my book launch last August. Wow. And so when I look at things lining up in synchronicity, you know, call it uh, God working in our lives or, you know, whatever people Law of attraction is another one. Yeah, law of attraction. However, However it lines up, things have lined up very nicely for me to be able to take some risks 
and step out and play bigger in this world. And that's really what I'm encouraging people to do all over the country when I talk with them so they they can pursue their dreams and find their passions and uh, step out in bigger ways. And I know you're doing that, too. And I, and I share some background with you, and you know, not quite to the same level in, in IT, but I certainly was, uh, I, I was a self-professed uh, professional computer geek mm-hmm. and proud. Mm-hmm. First, you know, first kid in my block to have a have a computer and work with the early, early in the early days of the computer technology and all sorts of things like that. And I'm still pretty technical. Yeah, I can still get my figure out my way around uh, WordPress and other <laughs> things like that. Right. So I imagine that some of these skills uh, definitely come in hand. I, I've, one of the things I've, I've learned in life, Danny, is that uh, I, this was like a, a kind of a realization that came to me a couple of years ago, was that everything I've ever done has been training for something. Ah. Even though it doesn't necessarily feel that way, and like sometimes you do things, you go, I don't even know why I'm taking this class, for example. Well, why am I here today? And uh, if you remember the, um, the, did you see the movie The Karate Kid, the original one? Oh yeah. And you remember the, 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 the there's this moment where Daniel has been playing, he, he's complaining to Mr. Miyagi, you know, when am I gonna get training in karate? You know, come on, I'm, I'm your slave over here. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Miyagi says, Daniel son, show me, paint the fence. You know, Daniel son, show me, wax on, wax off. He has him do all the moves, and then he de- defends them. And all of a sudden, you see this look go on in his eyes, in Daniel's eyes, this moment of, oh my goodness, I've been in training this whole time, and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've looked at life, that's how life is, like things that don't necessarily seem to make any sense at all. Why am I doing this thing today? Well, it's actually training for something. You know, you may not know at the time what it's going to be for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't know that uh, five years ago when I started writing my book that it was actually preparing me to get a bigger message out into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I didn't know when I went back to work uh, in, in a corporate setting that uh, I'd be working with creating two systems, one to fail and one to succeed. <laughs> and, you know, it also taught me that the the first system that I created was not necessarily a failure because it got us to a better solution. And I think that's a good, imp- uh, good lesson for me in life is that some of the things that I thought were failures at times have actually led me to different successes. Right. What's a failure that that you would credit? A uh, failure that I would credit would be uh, uh, getting laid off from uh, the software company that I was working with in 2001. Their numbers started going down and they laid me off. Uh, so I actually became self-employed by default mm. and then picked up a few things throughout the years and met some people that got me into a course where I could create an online or create the first draft of my book and then from there I can go out and create the message that I want to create. So the failure of the of the software company which was a dream job for me actually pushed me into 
into a different direction altogether. Mm. Um, you know, we I, I can think of relationships I've had throughout the years, some of which uh, were more successful than others. Right. <laughs> and some of those actually helped prepare me for the marriage I'm in right now. So I learn more patience or maybe more understanding or more, more compassion or more appreciation mm-hmm. uh, for for the person that I'm married to now. Well, that's wonderful. So, you know, when I think in terms of failures, those are actually stepping stones to success. Right. So. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, the character, you have characters in your book. I are do. they characters? Or are they are they are they real people? Are they based on anybody? Well, there are three main characters, as you've discovered, I'm sure, and they are actually based somewhat on my own life. Okay. Um, my my the the one character Tag is a young man in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. And Tag stands for the acronym guy. Ah. Okay. 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 I I didn't get that. <laughs> All right. And I'm like thinking, like, what kind of name is Tag? You know, it's like, it's, he must be an athlete. <laughs> well, yeah, he was studying sports medicine too at yeah. one point. I think. <laughs> I was thinking baseball, but. Uh, yeah, I think he played baseball in his uh, high school days. Yeah. Um, and he actually learned a lot of life lessons from an ice cream shop owner, Randy Schminsky. Mm-hmm. Randy is more of a fictional character than Tag is. Tag, Tag, because of his love for acronyms and life lessons and personal development, is a lot like where I've been over the last 20, 25 years as I've been reading and listening to Zig Ziglar and other people like that. Um, and then there's a third character, Bill, who's in his middle ages, uh, 50 to 60-year-old, uh, and he actually runs across Tag in the beginning of the book, and Tag has a dilemma where Randy has had an accident. Mm. Uh, so Bill is actually a lot like me, and uh, when I look at the characters in the book, Bill is mo- Bill is actually representing a lot of my life story. Uh, Tag does a little bit, and then Randy is more of a fictional character. Okay, got it. Now, now it makes sense coming all together here. Here we're getting inside information. Anybody listening right now, you're getting inside dope on the characters in this book. Yeah, I usually don't reveal that either. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm good. <laughs> now, by the way, have you uh, have you made any deals with ice cream shops? Because every time I look at this cover, I just, you know, I have a craving. I have. Uh I actually appeared at the neighborhood ice cream shop for a book signing a couple of weeks ago. We've got a uh, ice cream shop in our neighborhood that actually has that same name. Really, shop, that's great. Shop is spelled differently. It's with P P E. Yeah, P P E. Yeah, yeah. And they're carrying my book now, and uh, might be carrying some uh, other things for me as well. And of course, I love ice cream, and that's <laughs> part of the inspiration for the book too. Uh, I'm also going to be appearing at another place August 28th here in Minneapolis, uh, Grandpa's Ice Cream Shop. 
So yeah, I'm I'm working with the ice cream shops, and who knows, maybe Ben and Jerry's will pick me up someday and have a have their own edition of the book. Well, have you? By the way, have you? Speaking of Ben, ben and Jerry's, have you seen? There was a really terrific bio of them on TV recently, and uh, they. I mean, talk about you know life's callings and some of the things that they've done uh, before they you know they kind of had to sell out. Unfortunately, they're they're they were they were. They they no longer actually own the company, but the the, the story about them is just so inspiring. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that one's uh, de- definitely do a look for that. Um, these are two guys who found their life's calling and 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 uh, how they followed it and and really stayed true to it the entire time. I, I think the staying true part is what really really grabbed me. Yeah, I think a lot of people actually give up right before they achieve their dream. Do you, have you discovered that too, Andrew? Yeah, actually, um, there was a, a story that I used to hear about. You know, this uh, Indian guru and the guy comes asking, uh, "Where is where is the road to to success?" And running down this road, and I'm not going to tell the story right now, but it, every time he 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 falls down and runs back and complains, like you didn't give me the right direction and and it's like every time he'd run down he'd go fall and go splat and the answer was it's right after splat you know mm-hmm. that you, you just kept you didn't you didn't keep going was the, the the point of the story that so many people um if they just went a little bit longer it was right ahead of them yeah i i know sometimes when i'm facing uh a discouraging moment or a day or two or Heaven forbid, even three days. <laughs> uh, I, I stop and I think, how close am I? Mm-hmm. And if I give up now, I'll never know right. how close I really was. Um, and you know, as I'm taking the book beyond, or the message in the book beyond the book, into uh, teleclasses, teleseminars, and workshops, and uh, public presentations, and uh, other facilities, I have to keep thinking of pushing forward and not put looking back too much and get getting dragged backwards. You know, speaking of uh, seminars and things, I know you have a few things that you are doing that, that are coming up, and uh, I put a few of those on the blog page on the, on my Blog Talk Radio channel. But uh, if you'd love for you to talk about that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, thanks. I actually am running uh, teleclasses tomorrow night on Tuesday, August 10th, and Tuesday, August 17th on Set Fire to Your Desires, the name of the teleclass. And it's to help people really identify what their big dream is, and we'll discuss limiting beliefs and how to break through those and get specific, uh, simple, and powerful action steps that they can start doing right away to help them achieve their dreams. If people want to sign up for that, they can send me an email at denny at dennystockdale.com and I'll uh, send them the registration information. That's uh, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on Tuesday the 10th and Tuesday the 17th. And I'll probably continue those into September. Okay. I also have an eight-week teleseminar coming up uh, to help people really dig deeper beyond the teleclass where they can discover what the big dream is and what it means to them. 
uh, develop effective success habits that they can practice on a daily basis, designing action plans that work for them, uh, creating super support systems, which is one of the things that I'm huge on is support systems, uh, breaking through fear factors, and then standing out and becoming outstanding. So those are some of the things that are coming up in the eight-week teleseminar. That starts on September 1st at 3 o'clock. Uh, there is a cost for that one, and it's $179. But for anybody that's listening to your show that sends me an email, I'll offer that to them for $149. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Denny. That's very generous of you. And uh, anybody listening right now... Um, and when I say listening right now, meaning in uh, in August of 2010. So if you're listening to this and it's you know March of 2011, you've uh, you've missed it. <laughs> but if you're listening now, in the before September of 2010, make sure you take advantage of that. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, because you know a lot of uh, my show uh, will be listened to for months, if not years, to come. I've discovered that people listen to old shows often, so I, anytime I'm making a very specific dated thing, I'm going to be sure. Those of you in the future, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have other offerings. But, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> and, and who knows, maybe you and I will uh, be doing a joint venture on a teleclass down the road. Well, that would be awesome. And uh, now I want more ice cream, just because you said that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, we can put our brains together on that after the show, perhaps, and keep in contact with uh, ideas on that. I would be delighted to. So wh- what suggestions do you have that might help our listeners today? Great, great question. One of the things that I find is when people uh, start thinking about their dreams, sometimes they get blocked, and they really don't know where their passions are. What I recommend is that people really pay attention to their energy levels or their happiness factors, if you will, mm-hmm. over a week or two period. Maybe journal about it at the end of the day or just make notes throughout the day. The things that are really resonating with them or that the, that make them happy or bring up their energy are things that they're more passionate about. And if their energy is uh, drained, then it's something that's probably not as exciting uh, it could be the people sometimes that they're with, but uh, you know, keeping keeping being aware of the energy level or the passion level mm-hmm. or the happiness level, if you will. That's one thing. Another thing I talk about a lot is there's basically two types of people in this world. There's the uplifters or the terror downers, or as I call them, benefactors or detractors. Mm. The people that build us up are the benefactors, and the people that tear us down are the detractors. And I want to hang around with people that build me up, not necessarily agree with me or buy into everything that I want to do, but people that will energize me. And a great great story I tell about that is when I was writing my book, I joined a writer's club or writer's group, and we critiqued each other's work. At the end of one of the sessions where we were going through some of the initial phases of my book, there were three pe- three other people, three women in the uh, group with me, and they all looked at me, and one of them said uh, at the end of the session, Denny, do you feel like you've been beat up yet? 
like you've been beat up enough yet. Hmm. And I looked at each one of them and s- smiled and said, I don't feel beat up. I feel lifted up. Nice. They, they were benefactors because they were giving me uh, critique and uh, ideas that I could use to improve my story and myself and my writing abilities. So the benefactors are those people that want to, want to help us improve. Um, and, you know, we all have detractors, and we, uh, I, I try to minimize my contact with them as much as possible. So um, when I'm building support systems or support networks for various things I've got going on, I look to the benefactors. Um, I've also come to believe that we all need each other in some way to move forward. So even some of the detractors might challenge me and to get me thinking in a different way than what I've been thinking. So even then, some of those people can later become benefactors. Well, that's an interesting perspective. I, I might not have noticed that one. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And um, one, one of the things that I talk about, too, is dream maker circles, people creating their own support networks to really help them guide their life and guide their careers and guide whatever they need to go through. Uh, I spoke with a job group last week about this particular concept, and I think a lot of the people uh, you know, that are out of work or struggling maybe with a career situation could benefit from having people in their lives that they can honestly sit down and have a conversation with heart-to-heart about what's going on and get feedback or encouragement or uh, support, some ideas, whatever it is, to help them move forward with their career. Mm. I think in corporate America, a lot of times when a team is formed, um, it's uh, more of a collision than a collaboration. And if those teams can be turned around with good direction or good, good management or leadership or some team-building skills into a collaborative environment, people are happier, they're more productive, and they work a lot better together. So those are uh, some of the things that I, I like to talk about and encourage people to do is, you know, number one, take a look at who, who's in your life and who are the benefactors and attractors, and then also how can you start creating support systems to achieve your big dreams, whether it's a, hiring a coach like Andrew or myself or uh, working with a uh, support system. You know, one of the foundations of Alcoholics Anonymous is built through support systems, and it saves lives every day. So uh, support systems are invaluable in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in team versus doing it by yourself. Yeah, actually, team was one of the very first acronyms I learned. And it wasn't, and it wasn't Together, everyone achieves more? Uh, there, yeah. Do you have another one? Yeah, that, that's it. And actually, I met the guy who uh, claimed to create that back in 1987, but then I think uh, it went off in a different direction, and he never took uh, ownership of it after that. I'm surprised to hear it's only as recent as that. Yeah, I don't know if it was around before that. Um, I, I, hear, I think Zig, used to, Zig Ziglar used to use some acronyms, too. Yeah, I, I I just love them, and um, uh, I, I think they're 
anything that helps you remember something. As I said, I'm big on mnemonics. I actually created a mnemonic typing system, which is a whole other conversation. Oh wow! Yeah, I did. I I, I could I my I, if you watched me at work, you know, typing away, you would you would wonder what on earth am I doing? But I my my natural typing speed is over 100 words a minute. But with wow. with my mnemonic typing system, the more I'm familiar with the material I'm working with, the faster it goes. And uh, sometimes I hit effective typing speeds in the 300s or more. Wow! Just because it's I'm typing very few characters and producing many many letters. Well, I think you type faster than I think. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I can. Sometimes I type faster than I think, which is really scary. Wait a minute, I already typed it. I didn't think it yet. Yeah, that's interesting. I did the last part I just made up just to see if, you, <laughs> if I can phase you with it. Sure. <laughs> I think I, 300 I words a minute. Yeah. No, that's really true. Uh, that part is the the effective speed of it. And it's just from using a, a, a way of tat, bringing together things you use often using mnemonics, uh, which is similar to acronyms. I mean, they're all related. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. And I, 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 w- I would imagine you, uh, you've come up with some. Are you, are you a punner? I, I, I enjoy puns a lot. Yes. Um, and, and it's more spontaneous. I don't think of them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, I'll be thinking along the lines of different me- meanings for words. Right. Uh, and I'll I'll put it in different contexts and maybe use phrasing a little differently to uh you know, like I did not say he beat his wife. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, but Uh I, I know the one from uh the, the court one, like uh, how off, uh, how how long have you been beating your wife? And you know the the one you can't uh wait a minute, how do I answer that? Yeah. Yeah, but based upon that phrase that I said, based on where we put the emphasis it takes on a different meaning. I did not say he beat his wife, but <laughs> so language is real fun. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, I got a real kick out of that. Oh, that's great. So, um, so wrapping up here, uh, why don't you give us like a little bit of a synopsis for what the most important thing is that you want people listening to the show right now to take away? I think the most important thing is to. Uh, take action on the big dreams and take action every day, small steps, make it measurable, make it something that you can do consistently, build in that consistency, and uh, and it will actually come true faster than you think it will. Uh, so, I, so the key is action, uh, simple daily action and building in that habit. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the main thing I, I would hope people would take away from from our conversation. That and building up support networks, of course. We talked about that a few minutes ago. Okay, and where will you next be appearing? I'll uh, next be appearing at the uh, ice cream shop in Fridley, Minnesota, on August 28th. It's Grandpa's Ice Cream Shop. Uh, again, I've got the teleclass tomorrow night. And uh, that's at uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time or 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. 
and people can send an email to me at denny at dennystockdale.com to get more information on that. Or they can go to my website, dennystockdale.com, and uh, go click on the blog site, and that, that'll take them to some tabs where they can get more information there, too. Yeah, by the way, I understand you just came back from a national tour. Is that true? I did. I was actually uh, out earlier this year traveling the southern parts of the uh, country, talking to people about the messages in the book and uh, actually learning more about this grand country of ours. So did you discover any differences, like regionally, but how people react or how they operate? Uh, not really. I think all over the country what I was finding was there's some people that have really lost touch with their dreams. And uh, as, sad, as sad as it might be, they can actually uh, get stuck there or they can take a look and start to rebuild their passions. So I didn't really find any major differences on this tour. The next one, I might be uh, more more aware of that and look for those things a little bit more. Okay, okay. I was, I just was wondering if that, you know, would you say people are pretty much the same wherever you go? Uh, yeah, we've all, uh, I I think so. O- overall, we we've all had some struggles, or you know, at a certain point in life, we've all overcome some struggles. We've all. Uh, had a career of some type. We've all made things work for us somehow. Uh, whatever our situation is, we've made things work. And we can also start thinking bigger all over the country and all, actually all over the world about uh, how we can be of service to others and exude or express our passions a lot more. I think that uh, everywhere I go, I find that people really do have some dreams and they're often afraid to pursue those. Uh, and here is the opportunity, uh, I think a great opportunity, from reading your book, working with Denny Stockdale, getting really a, a good sense of how to, how to get those dreams back, back on the rack, getting into action around them, and really making it happen. So... My my loyal listeners, go out and get this book. That's what I have to say to you. Conversations from the Neighborhood Ice Cream Shop, Eight Keys to Rediscovering Lost Dreams and Finding Your Life's Calling. There's a link right on the uh, little show page of mine that will go take you right to Amazon. Get the book right there. You can also learn more about Denny Stockdale at www.dennystockdale.com. You can follow Denny on Twitter at twitter.com slash Denny underscore Stockdale. That's very important. There's an underscore in there. So, so Denny, I'm going to say it's been really great to have you on my show. I've learned a lot from you tonight. Yeah, thank you. You too. And uh, one thing, if people order the book off my website, I'll pay the shipping for them. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good... Hey, everybody, disregard my last comment. <laughs> Go right to the website. They could get it from Amazon too, but okay. they get it right from me. So, oh, that's very generous of you. It's been great talking with you. You're a great host. Thanks a Thank lot. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And again, you can find me at www.myfuturecoach.com. Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com/coachandrew, 
And we'll be back next Monday with Dave Rudbarg, who was here a year ago, and going to learn about how he has transformed since having lap band surgery. Have an outstanding next seven days, and good night, ladies and gentlemen.